Again, welcome to Vision Sunday, and uh, we're going to celebrate in, the, in our next, in, in the meeting, what God has done in the year 2021, but I want to talk about this year, what God is going to do in, in 2022, and this year, last year, we declared a word. It, we declared, and it's the first time I've really have done this in ministry where I've declared a word, but I felt like 2021 this church, wherever we had been, and not only this church, but in my life, I just needed, we just needed to move forward. And we just declared that 2021, we're not gonna live in the past any longer. Put the things in the past, the past, but we're moving forward into what God has in store for your life and for this church and for the 715. Can I just hear an amen from that? We're moving forward. We're not, we're not stuck in the past. We don't live there. And so we have forgiven. We have forgotten. We are moving forward to what God's. We are embracing what God has in store. And that's what happened. I really believe a lot of great things happened in 2021. But this year, I have declared, and I just brought it before the Lord. I said, Lord, give me a word. And I declared that 2022 is the year of influence. The year of influence. The word influence is this. It's the power to change or affect someone or something without directly forcing them to happen. And so in other words, you're just gonna be a vessel of influence. It, it takes intentionality. You have to be willing. You have to choose. You have to decide, I'm gonna be a person of influence in 2022. And if you are a Christ follower today, more than likely, someone has influenced your life. Because you ask the question, what is it a person of influence? Well, let me ask you, who are the people who impacted you that caused you to be where you are today? And I'm talking about your spiritual journey. Who influenced you? You see, there's been spiritual influences in my life. And a lot of the people who influenced my life or the, the church that I grew up in. I grew up in a, a very similar church like this. I would say, first of all, was my parents. My parents were spiritual influencers in my life. And then I had a pastor, and this pastor was the pastor of that church for some 40 years, Pastor Bob Graber. I don't know, it's a lot of people know him. He is from Wisconsin, but he influenced my life. But not only that, I had youth pastors, youth pastors by the name of Brad Davis and Tracy Pano. These people poured into my life. You know what the thing I remember about them? I don't remember their sermons, but I remember their influence. How many of you know the difference? I don't remember the sermons or the words they spoke, but I remember the influence. But not only did I have great youth pastors and a great pastor, but I had great youth, youth leaders. I had Neil Snodgrass and Greg Booth. And, and man, we, would, we did these choir tours and we did all kinds of events. And I'm telling you, the, these gentlemen showed me what it was like to be a Christian, to be a Christ follower, and that you can have fun at the same time. As a matter of fact, those two things, they go together. And I, I appreciate their influence. But not only that, I go back years earlier. I go back to my children's ministry and people like Lou and Mary Benson, Pat Gash. I, I remember uh, John Fenton. These are people who poured into my life through the children's ministry of the church that I attended. They were spiritual influencers, and, and I just I take myself back at those moments, those, those places. But not only that, 
but I'm talking about people who are influencers, who are the greeters at the door. I'm talking about these two couples in the church, Bob and Elsie Vance, I'm gonna talk about them later, and Kermit and Alice Schneider. I remember, well, I'm gonna talk about what the influence that they had on my life, but greeters at the door, they influenced my spiritual life. What, what am I trying to say? trying to say that each and every person in this room, you have the ability to be an influencer. You see, the church has always been about influence. Matter of fact, the mission statement of this church, I just stated it here a few moments ago, the mission statement of this church, we are to lead. The word lead, you know what it means to be a leader? It means influence. John Maxwell, great leadership guru, says leadership is influence. Nothing more, nothing less. We are, our mission here, the whole reason why we exist is to lead people wherever they are in their faith journey to become life-giving followers of Christ. We don't want to be a church that creates Christians. We want life givers, life giving followers of Christ. So where did we, where did we get this whole idea from? Where, what, what am I talking about this morning? We're talking about Jesus. Understand church, listen to me. You have been created for influence. Jesus said it himself. Jesus speaks not only to his disciples, but he is speaking to you today, wherever, yeah. You know what he says to us? He says in Matthew 5, 14 and 16, he says, you, will you just, will you just, just kind of stick your fingers out and just start pointing at people. Say, there pastor goes again, he's talking about you. You need to wake up, you need to pay attention this morning because pastor is talking about you. You, listen to me, this is what you are. You know what he says about you? So you are the light of the world. So just look at your neighbor and say, that's why you're glowing all the time. You're, you're, you're always glowing. What's that all about? Well, just tell them it's because I'm the light of the world. Just go ahead and tell them. It's because I'm the light of the world. It's about time you notice that. You are the light of the world. You know what that's like? It's like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. A few weeks ago, Michelle and I, uh, went to that Christmas event that you could drive through the lights uh, in Marshfield. And on our way back, kind of hit around Stratford at night, late at night. And you look off into this dark, dark winter eastern sky and you see this white glow in the eastern sky. And if you didn't know anybody, you would think, what, what is that glow? Are there aliens attacking? But then you get closer and you start heading east and you realize, well, that glow is a city. It's the city of Wausau. And it cannot be hidden. Even in the midst of darkness, a dark, dark, dark winter night, even still, it cannot be hidden. And so it is when the light of Christ is in our lives, it's not to be hidden. Let me talk about this more. This, listen to me. I want you to know this morning, you have purpose. You have a purpose for your life. Some of you, you've needed to hear this. There is a purpose for your life. And some of you have gone through difficulties and challenges because you've always wondered, what is my purpose? Jesus says you have purpose and your purpose is to shine Jesus. That is your purpose in life is to shine Jesus. And this happens 
When you wake up each and every day, you make an intentional decision who you're gonna be. You have an intentional decision to live out your purpose in life. And if you're gonna shine Jesus, this is the mindset that says, you know what, I wake up today and here is my mission. I'm gonna be a minister. A minister is somebody who looks after the needs of others who are hurting or discouraged. I'm gonna minister. I'm gonna serve people. That's what ministers do. But not only am I gonna be a minister, I'm gonna be a missionary. Because when I get the opportunity to share about this light of mine, I'm gonna share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. So in other words, that when you shine Jesus, you're looking for, for opportunities to add value to people's lives. That's what it means. To shine Jesus means each and every day, you look for opportunities to add value to people's lives. Just last night, Michelle and I were out for a walk. I hadn't been out in days. Man, it just felt good to get out and get some fresh air. And this lady was walking around with one of these uh, magnifiers or whatever, and, and she's looking for something. She started to speak to us. And she had somehow, she was walking through the neighborhood and took off one of her gloves and lost her diamond ring. Oh, she was just devastated and just... She was just, oh, upset and like, oh, we felt so bad for her. And so she's just walking in the neighborhood. She had made like two or three laps already. And she's just, just a sweetheart. And her husband was so upset and she was so distraught. And, and finally, she just, I said, can, can I just, I'm a person of faith. And I asked permission. I'm a person of faith. Would it be okay if we prayed with you? So in the middle of our, well, we got off the road a little bit. In the middle of our street, we just prayed. We prayed for Kay. I don't know if she found her ring, but it was an opportunity to shine Jesus, a simple opportunity for us to shine Jesus. I don't say that in a braggadocious way. I just say it as an example of how easy it is for us to shine Jesus and not shine ourselves. And, but, but Jesus says, whatever you do, listen to me. If you are the light of the world, whatever you do, in verse 15, Jesus tells us, he says, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under the basket. Whatever you do, don't hide. Don't hide that light that's in you. You know, back in those days, when, when Jesus, this whole idea Jesus had is pa the Palestinian homes and, and, and homes that day, they, they would light their, their uh, houses with these lamps, these torches. And what their light, it consisted of a lamp with a bowl filled with oil that just had a wick in it. And so well, it wasn't easy to light these, these wicks, so they would try to keep it lit. So when they would leave the house, they would put it on the ground and they would put kind of a covering over it so that their houses wouldn't burn down. But that was not the purpose. That was for when they left, but the purpose was for to light up the house so that they can go about their day, so they can have the comfort of light in their home, so that their light can lead the way in circumstances and situations. Listen to me. God did not put his spirit, his spirit of light in you for it to be hidden. Let me just say that one more time. God did not put his light, put the light of Christ in your life for you to hide it. There's a story of this, it's told of this man who was, his job was to be, uh, to be able to serve on the railroad tracks. 
And so the bridge was out up ahead. And his job, when he heard a train coming, his job was to take his lamp and he was to wave that lamp and that train was to stop at that. He would see the light and he would know that the bridge is out. Well, sure enough, a train had come down the tracks and, and, he, and he came out and he did his job and he, he started waving the lamp and, and, uh, and, and the train just kept on going and all of a sudden it ran into the ditch and like, oh my goodness, what happened? Well, uh, he, he was arrested for, for his, his negligence and, and what happened and the judge asked him, well, you know, did you hear the train? Yes, I heard the train. So what, what did you do when your train came out? Well, I went out and I waved your lamp. He said, did you take your lamp with you? Yes, I took my lamp. And you waved it and, and, and you tried to stop the train. Yes, I did. So the judge said, well, I, I don't know what else to ask. So later on, as he was, you know, he was declared innocent, that he, something must have been a train engineer or something. Walking out with his friend, he said, I sure am glad that the, the judge didn't ask me if, I lamp, if my lamp was on. <laughs> you see, when we are not, and listen to me, the people in your life, are mad, it matters. And for some, for some of you, the people in your life, you are the one who's waving that light and, our, and other people's lives are affected when we are not shining the light of Jesus. Verse 15 and 16, Jesus says, you are alive to shine. You are alive to shine. He said, instead a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. Again, I want you, everybody to understand we are not to go out into the world and shine you and my mission and my purpose in life is not to shine Jesus. I'm sorry, not to shine Sheldon, but it's to shine Jesus, right? That is my purpose in life. I love how the, the, the Message Bible, have you ever heard the Message Bible? It is, it is a paraphrased version of the Bible. You, written by Eugene Peterson and just recently passed away. It's just kind of a unique way of, of reading the Bible. It's a great devotional to read. I love the way that he paraphrases this version. Let me read it for you. He said, here's another way to put it. You are here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. I love that. I love that. You see, here's what I know about light. Light has impact. When we understand its impact, we can better understand our purpose. First of all, the, the light is power. Light is power. Light is described as a form of energy that is always moving. So uh, one of my things that I like to do, I just did it this morning. I, I, I get up early and I like my first things I like to do, I, that I, I, first things first, spend time with God. Make God first. Remember the habits that we talked about last month? Make God first. 
And I love to get up and walk in the dark. And I have this fancy schmancy headlamp right here. Can I just put it on for you? Isn't that the coolest thing? And I just, I'm going out in darkness and I pray. And as a matter of fact, uh, years ago, I got the chance to go to El Salvador and they had this prayer mountain, uh, this prayer tower. And, and the, the, when we first got there, we arrived in El Salvador and uh, the missionary invited us, hey, would you like to come and pray with us at the prayer tower tomorrow? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, okay, so be there at five o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, in the morning? Yeah, five o'clock in the morning. Fun. He goes, so what we do is the first hour, we pr- it's dark. And for the first hour, we pray over the darkness of the country of El Salvador. And then as the light comes at about six o'clock, that second hour, we give God praise for the victory that has won in the midst of the darkness. So, so when I go out and pray, I just kind of, I just I put my light, I put it on low beam for you. Is that, is that affecting you? As a matter of fact, can, can we turn the lights out? I just want to, I want to show off my fancy schmancy light here, if that's all right. Let's go ahead and, you see it's got like this beam thing going on. Help me out, guys. Turn the lights out. I want, I want you to see how light impacts the darkness. It's happening. It's happening. There we go. Do you see that? I can see all of you so much more clear. You guys look like, you know what this looks like? You look, at a, you look like all the deer I see in the woods <laughs> when I go walking. That's what it looks like, man. Some, <laughs> all right, you can turn the lights off. I'll turn these off. Go ahead and turn the lights back on. So my, my fan, I got to show off my head. I, I like little gadgets like this, but I, I, there's something about that. Just me and the Lord. Hardly, there's a, nobody out there just talking to the Lord. But, but inside you, this says, you know what this is? There's little batteries in here and there's power inside and it's just dying to get out. Let me just say that. That's what light is. It's power working its way out. For the power to just, for the light to never go on, I've just wasted batteries. I've wasted energy, I've wasted power. That's what light is, it's power longing to get out, ready, ready to shine. And I love how the apostle Paul says this in Ephesians 3.20. Do you realize that there is power within you and that's just ready to get out? It says, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Did you see that? There is power, God's power. You see what happens when you come to Christ, God places his spirit, the spirit of power inside of you. And that power begins to change you. If you allow it, it will begin to change you and transform. How many of you have been changed by the power of God? All right, all around this room, you've been changed. God has changed you and transformed you. And now God wants to not only change you, but he wants to use you as a vessel of change. So not only does he want to work in you, but God wants to work through you. The power that God has placed in yourself is not just for your benefit, but it's for the benefit of of the world. It is power that is ready to get out. It's needing to get out to accomplish, listen to me, infinitely more than we might think or ask. Power to influence your world. Not only this, second of all, light is attractive. People are drawn toward it. People are drawn to light. 
You know, when you are in the dark and you are lost and all of a sudden you see a light, you're drawn to the light. Did you hear, by the way, did you hear about the man who thought he was a moth? Did you hear about that? It was late one night and a man walked into the dentist's office. He, and the man said to the dentist, he says, excuse me, can you help me? I think that I'm a moth. The dentist said, you don't need a dentist. You need a psychiatrist. <laughs> the man said, yes, I know that. Well, then the dentist said, well, so why did you come in here? And the man said, well, the light was on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Michelle did the exact same thing this morning. <laughs> it was this exact same response. So I know it was funny. <laughs> because the light was on. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, okay. You say, thank you, you're welcome, you're welcome. So, <laughs> people are drawn, listen to me. I don't care where we, how bad we say the world is heading to hell in a handbasket, people are still drawn to light. People are still looking for light. Colossians, Paul tells us in Colossians that he says the most effective way to live out the light is, is oftentimes through our words. He says, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you have the right response for everyone. This light within us needs to be attractive to the world, not compromising the message. Number three, light reveals hope. I watched a documentary the other day and, uh, and, and these climbers, they were climbing down the hill and they came across this man who was stranded and stuck and it was, it, was, it was midnight and it was just kind of one of those hopeless situations and they called for help and they just kept looking for the headlamps coming up the hill because when they saw the headlamps, that meant hope was on its way. And I think that's what we are. We're supposed to be messengers in this world that say, listen, 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 and I'm not the hope of the world, but Jesus is the hope of the world. And Peter tells us this in 1 Peter 3, 15, it says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. We need to be those people with headlamps on who are going up the mountain, rescuing people who are stranded and lost. We need to, and how do we do that? We're always prepared to tell your story. Let me, let me just simplify this. This is, some people like, I, I struggle with witnessing because I don't know what to say. And I try to tell them, just tell them your story. Let me simplify this. I've, I've mentioned this before, but I want to simplify it. If you are a Christ follower, you have three chapters to the story of your life, okay? Write this down, three chapters to the story of your life. You don't know what to tell somebody, tell them, you know what? I was once in that same place. Chapter number one, I once was lost. And tell that person, this was my life. This is where I was. I, I, I've been there, done that. I, I understand where you're at. Chapter number two, decision. One day, I found out about the hope in Jesus. And one day, I put my faith in following Jesus. And tell them why you did that. What brought you to that point? Chapter two. Chapter number three, 
my life is different. How has your life been different since you gave your life to Jesus? What did that power do to you? And it's just as easy as that. That it is so easy to share your story, but do this with, and, I, and, and Peter gives us some great advice, do this with gentleness and respect. Nobody likes to be preached at by somebody who's self-righteous. Let me continue on here. Light brings life. In John chapter eight, Jesus had just spoken to the, to, with gentleness and respect to the woman caught in adultery. Remember that story? And I would, I would love to, it's such a powerful story. I'd love to talk about it more. But Jesus spoke to her again with gentleness and respect. And he extended to her two things. He extended to her truth and grace. Truth. Yes, she was caught. She was caught in the act of sin. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And he extended to her grace because we're all saved by God's grace. In verse 12, Jesus spoke. So it's right after that, right after that, he says, he spoke to the people and he says, I, listen to me, this, this whole story here, I am the light of the world. If you would just follow me, young lady, you won't have to walk in darkness because you have the light that leads to life. Jesus reminds us, he is the light of the world. And he wants to shine in you and he wants to shine through you. So again, we, we understand light's impact. It is power ready to be released. Light is attractive. It reveals hope and it brings life. You are the light of the world this morning. That is your purpose. I'm not, I just do not have enough time, but I'm gonna do this this morning. I like how Bill Hybels talks about vision. Bill Hybel says, vision comes from a holy discontent with the way things are. In other words, what breaks your heart? When you read the Exodus story, we see that God gives Moses vision. We see that the thing that breaks God's heart is his people who are stuck in the hundreds of years of slavery to the Egyptians. And I want you to know that God's burden, God, that, that breaks his heart. God is he's still broken. His heart is still broken because people are still stuck in the slavery of their sin. When I look at the 715, and you ask me, what, Pastor Sean, what is the thing that breaks your heart? What is the thing that you see? And, I, and my answer is this. And we, and we talked about this as a team. We've been talking about it for a couple weeks. We, our answer is this. The thing that breaks our heart is this next generation. We see a generation that has so much gifting, so much ability, but is stuck. Stuck in the bondage of sin. And we're, we're seeing the remnants of that. And I'm not gonna dogpile on, on, on that because each generation has their thing. But I believe that, listen to me, I believe God has called Thrive Church at this place, at this time, at this location to be light to the next generation, to influence the next generation, to be life changers to the next generation. Today, I want us to envision, just envision with me, a church that's influencing the next generation of the 715. Just envision with me. 
And some of you might say, well, we're not, we're not quite there yet. I'd say, yeah, we're probably not. But I believe God's got a burden. God's heart is broken for the next generation. Who is, I, I did some study on who the next generation is. I did some study on this. And, and, and we, I discovered that the next generation is a very busy group. You see, in this next generation, there's, there's a lot more single moms out there who are trying to, to keep up, try, trying to do it by themselves. They're working, they got kids, they got bills or schedules. I, 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 we, could, we could talk on and on about that. The second thing that we're noticing about today's generation, next generation, is it's non-traditional. You see, a lot of people in the generation today have experienced a lot of pain from the past. And they're saying, if that's the traditional way to do that, I don't want to do it that way. Because there's a lot of people in my generation and, and older generations who, who, who maybe were a little bit self-righteous in the traditional ways. Let me continue on here. This next generation is, is a lot of broken families. We're seeing this generation, a, a, a lot of single parent homes, a lot of blended families, extended families, a lot of grandparents who are raising children, a lot of foster families, and it just continues to grow here. We see in this generation is very tech savvy. And another word that we could use is, is tech dependent. In other words, this is a generation that is being raised by technology. That's all that they know. So many decisions can be made through technologies. They're living their entire lives, living behind a screen. And their relationships now are working through screens. So when you work behind a screen, you can be who you want to be. There's another phrase called tech dependent. And studies are showing that there's such a dependency on technology that it creates an unhealthy psychiatric issue such as anxiety, low self-esteem, and personality disorders. It says that there's some who are even unable to function in interpersonal relationships because they are so tech dependent. There's a word for it that they call nomophobia, nomophobia, and this is a state of stress causing by having no access to their phones or technology. Let me continue on. This, this group, this generation is constantly changing. This, this generation, no doubt, is emotionally uh, traumatized by the pandemic that is happening. For, for, for some, some of their greatest life events have been canceled. Their interpersonal relationships have been moved to online technologies. They have seen so many loved ones pass away. And again, the continuous talk and conversation about the pandemic. And then last of all, a lot of the, this generation is spiritually disengaged. And my only response to this is this, as goes the parent, so goes the next generation. As goes the parents, so goes the next generation. And I believe that with all of this, I still believe the next generation is looking for light. I believe that the church is called to be the light of the world. I did, a, in my master's thesis here, I did a study on leading cultural change. And it, part of my study is, is just answering the question, what kind of church is the next generation looking for? What kind of church are they looking for? 
And I discovered there's a lot of things we are not too far off. Sometimes we look at the the next generation like, man, I, I just don't know how to relate to you. But there are some common themes that I think all generations are looking for. But I will tell you this about this generation. This generation is looking for a faith that is real. A faith that is real. This generation, wherever we're living today, this generation can pick up a fake a mile away. And they are looking for Christians, for Christ followers, who are not only speaking. As a matter of fact, they probably would like to hear a, less, a lot less speaking, and they'd like to see a demonstration of what faith looks like. They're looking, they're saying character does matter. A study by Kerry Newoff said that it really is important that integrity, transparency, honesty, grace, and truth, these are important things to this generation. Second of all, they're looking for a relevant experience. And I I just want you to know, a lot of the things that we're trying to do around here at Thrive Church, we're trying to to meet that need, trying to be friendly, to, to, to give excellence. You know when you give excellence, when you serve people, you know what it does? It, it, it inspires people and it honors God. Inspires people and honor God. So we're trying to, to create, I, I believe that this generation is looking for a modern experience and that's why we do what we do up here. We're not, we might change the methods but we are not changing the message. A contemporary feel, technology, I'm so excited about our online technology. I appreciate so much what Garrett Metz is doing with our technology, getting the message out. We're not only trying to reach you, but we're trying to reach the 715. And last of all, they're looking for a relevant experience to them is fun. And that's why I will continue to give corny dad jokes all day long. Because they, (laughs) that's right. Not that they're gonna laugh with me, they're probably laughing at me. And I just, I want to be that entertainment. Last, quickly here, relatable. They're asking a question, well, this this message that you're sharing, how does it relate to me? And I try to do that as a messenger, try to communicate, how does this relate to you? And last of all, they're looking for a community, a community of life-giving relationships. This is one of their greatest needs, is to Find a place that they belong. Carrie Newoff, who again studies this, he says, what do young, young adults want? This is a person who studies this all day long. What do they want? They want your time, your heart, and your attention, and a chance to actually connect with people. Churches that elevate community will do better with millennials than churches that don't. Community, and that's why you'll hear this pastor pounding the pulpit, get into a life group. That's where community is found when you get into a life. A community is not, I hope that you find a sense of it here, but the real thing happens in the context of relationships. So, what if we found ways to invest for influence? What if we found out? Did, did, do, I don't know if we had that graph. Is there a graph on, in that slide? It might have been a, a last moment. There we go. So what if you just decided that you're going to be an investor today? You want to be a person of influence. Just 
The, the, the boomers here. Do we have any boomers who you, you kind of fall into the, the boomer generation? What, what, what should we do here? Just what if, just what if, boomers, you started to look out for some of those Gen X people who need help with their jokes a little bit, or maybe they need some ammunition for their jokes. I, I can name multiple boomers who have invested in my life. Remember that couples, those couples that I talked about, Bob and Elsie Vance, Kermit and Alice Schneider. You know how you know how we met those? I was five years old when we moved from Lancaster, Pennsylvania to Canton, Ohio. And the first church my parents walked into, those two couples were met us at the door. And you know what they did? I don't know why, but they made the decision to invest in my family. And they became like parents. They became closer than my parents' parents, those two couples. And you know what they allowed us to do? They allowed us to call them grandma and grandpa. And they did that. And they invested in us spiritually. They invested into the, this generation. And what if, what if my generation, what if we, we became intentional? I'm gonna start investing into this millennial generation. And millennials, we got any millennials out there? We got a couple millennials out there? I mean, what if I just became more intentional of just listening and learning from your world? And what about the millennials? What if, what if you just started investing in this next year? I really believe, listen to me, I believe that's what this next generation is. Because remember me talking about broken families? I think that's what they're looking for. They're looking for a mom who will be there for them, a dad who, who did not abandon them. They're looking for, maybe not for you to be their dad, but to be a fatherly influence. So, everybody got their little gift this morning? How many of you like, and if you, if, you, if you do it right, you could probably make a little headband and you can make a cool headlamp like I had this morning. I know some of you, you have headlamp, headlamp envy going on this morning. But we wanted to give you a gift to remind you you are the light of the world. You, a light, the purpose of light is to influence the world around it. And so we're gonna shine Jesus and this is how we're gonna do it. So when I, I'm gonna challenge you to do this. I'm gonna challenge you to live out your faith. Live out your faith, be real. Know what you believe and live it out. And do it humbly, knowing that you're not perfect. But you're, I'm going to live. I'm going to live this life of faith. I'm going to let. I'm going to live this life of Jesus. I'm going to let my light shine. Second of all, learn. Learn from your world. I, I think sometimes we want to. We want to invest in that next generation and tell them what they're doing right and tell them what they're doing wrong. What if we just stopped and listened? And we learned how to relate. I'm going to talk about this message here in, in a few weeks about the Apostle Paul and what he did to learn from his next generation. Number three, we're going to look for opportunities. You know what? I was challenged to do this, and so far it's working. I was challenged in this new year to meet at least one disengaged person that I do not know, get to know their name, Try to hear their story, put their name in a journal, and begin to pray for them. 
And in this year, I've met Mary. I'm not gonna give you any more information, but I, I met Mary. I met Brooke. I've met Noah. And last night I met Kay. And I'm asking God for opportunities. There's something that happens when we begin to ask God for opportunities and we step out and start looking for them. What if you were to start to do, do that? Each and every week, I'm gonna meet somebody I do not know. What if you started here in the church? Last of all, I'm gonna love people like Jesus loves me. I mean, how many of you know that that love is just contagious? That just love is contagious. So I'm gonna do this one more time. We're gonna practice shining our light. Can I ask you guys, can we, just, can we dim the lights one more time? I'm, I'm asking the church, I, I don't want you to shine you. Can we just put, turn our lights on? I'm gonna let it shine. That was the whole purpose of this light, is to shine in darkness, to influence the world around us in Jesus' name. So keep, keep your lights on right now. I wanna pray for you. You're, you're, you're saying, Pastor, this year, I'm gonna make it the year of influence. Raise your hand. All around this room, I'm gonna be Light. I'm going to shine Jesus. I'm going to be a person of influence. In Jesus' name, all those hands that are raised all around this room, we're going to shine Jesus. We're going to make a difference in this world, and we're going to invest in this next generation in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You're here this morning. You can turn your light off. And you'll say, Pastor, I'm going to be real. My light is off because Jesus is not inside of me. And it starts right there. I need Jesus in my life. And if you would like to invite Jesus, become your light source this morning. It's as easy as this. It's just go, call out to him. Just, just pray along with me. Just bow your heads. Just say, God, I need you. I recognize that you are the light of the world. And you brought light into the world to change my life. I'm inviting your light into my life. I want to know you more. I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. I'm choosing today to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said, amen, amen. Can we just give a shout out for what Jesus has done in somebody's life today?